You're listening to The Nerd Table on CKCC Radio, starring Dan Peck. Have you seen the card for the New Japan show tomorrow? It's going to be sweet. Eric Flores. Wait a second. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, go ahead. And CKCC Radio's founder, Chris O'Mealy. Breaking news. I have a crush on Sasha Banks. Listen to CKCC Radio wherever you find your favorite podcast. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to another fun-filled edition of The Nerd Table. As always, I am Chris O'Mealy, joined by my co-host in crime. Please welcome Dan Peck. Hey, how's it going? And Eric Flores. Dude, I saw Rescue Rangers this weekend, and we need to talk about it at some point. Oh, so we are jumping right in. Okay. (laughs) Yes. All right, less, less than a minute into the episode, let's get into some content. Yes, the new Rescue Rangers came out this week, and... It was not a reboot, it was a comeback. So, if any of y'all out there haven't seen it, we're probably about to spoil a lot of stuff for you. Well, that would be me! Well, we won't go into detail, but, like, it's good. It wasn't what I was expecting it to be, which is why I probably liked it so much better. I kind of knew what they were going for. They were going to do, like, the whole thing was going to be, oh, yeah, they were on a TV show, and it was Rescue Rangers, and now they have to actually solve a case in real life. But And I knew there was going to be a lot of meta stuff, because it was going to basically be like, oh, yeah, and animated characters live with real people, just like Roger Rabbit. And then it went insane with the direction it went in. It... Yeah. It, it it was fucking great, though. Every moment of it. Like I said, it was a lot of stuff I wasn't actually expecting, but it made me really happy when it came in. When it, like, when it, when it all was said and done, it made me really happy. Yeah. The references... To... Oh, the references were fucking great. The references, I feel like, is what made the movie. Like, the the movie itself is just straight-up 90s nostalgia. Like, 90s, oh. early 2000s nostalgia. Okay. You know that Rescue Rangers originally aired from March 4th, 89, to November 19th, 1990? Which is funny, because they definitely reference not other years. Like, oh, this episode happened in 92. It did not. Filthy lies. Well, I think they also mentioned episode numbers that they never reached. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. They only did 65 episodes. Then they totally did. They they were 100%. It, but it was still fucking great. The thing is, like, I love the direction that they, they took it in. Um... I thought the the references themselves were were well done. Like, okay, so I know that's been a complaint from people with some of the other stuff that's been, you know, rebooted and whatever. Like, it trying to find all the references and Ralph breaks the internet. People are like, oh, they focus too much on on the references and it was distracting. And then I heard the same thing when they did uh, something else came out recently that was just 
insane with the meta. Oh, uh, the the new Space Jam. I heard that complaint too. It's like, okay, we get it. You own all these properties. So I was expecting the Disney references and, and all that stuff. What I wasn't expecting were the other references that somehow made it in there that I don't even know how that how that happened. Because I'm like, I don't even think right. they own this. Well, there, there's there's some that 100% they do not own. Because there's one scene where I died fucking laughing. Died because of who was in there. Are you talking about the sauna? Yes. Okay. That's what I was hoping you were talking about. Because <laughs> when I saw um, that too, I'm like, are you serious right now? That to me, was, like, the biggest fucking flex. It's just like, oh, yeah, we we get it. We understand. I, I do appreciate that they have some of the original voice actors in this, which made me happy. Yeah. Like, Gadget and Monterey Jack are voiced by Tress McNeil and Eric Bana, who were their original voice actors. Um, I love that Zipper is the freaking Allstate guy, Dennis Haysbert. <laughs> Yeah. And he even makes the reference. But then there's just the other stuff that's really funny, too. Like, you have uh, a reference to a movie that got bullied, <laughs> which was amazing. You have Seth Rogen and J.K. Simmons as characters. like, And Keegan-Michael Kay was a character, too, wasn't he? Uh, if he was, I don't know who he was. Uh, he's credited as Frog Coworker and Bjornsson the Cheesemonger. But he's a high credit, and I'm trying to remember exactly where he those characters fell in. Like I said, it was it was a trip the direction that it went in, like It was one hundred percent bonkers, also one hundred percent Chip and Dale. No no Bonkers was a different show. Yeah. Uh, I see what you did there. <laughs> and he was a cartoon cop. Okay, so I, I'm going to stand corrected here. Um, the original voice actor for Monterey Jack was actually Peter Cullen and not Eric Bana. So I stand corrected on that one. Also, Jim Cummings was Monterey Jack at one point as well. So again, stand corrected. But yeah, I, I erase your comments. Well, but Tress McNeil, who's been a voice actress for how freaking long, and she's been everybody. She's been Babs Bunny. She's been Dot Warner. Skinner's mom. You're a loser, Seymour, she... and you always will be. Doesn't she play like mom in Futurama or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Dear old mom needs a breather. Holy freaking crap, this suit's driving me nuts. <laughs> in danger. Lula Borg is in this thing? Awesome. She's been Daisy Duck for how long now? Like, that's been one of her big roles. I feel She's been working longer than we've been alive. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Her... Absolutely. Very first credit was in 1979. So, yes, you are correct. 
She has literally been working since we've been alive. That's just it, though, right? Like, if you're a voice actor, and you're just four hundred credits on IMDb, four hundred shit. If if you're a voice actor, IMDb, so that means there's probably ones that aren't there. Yeah. Again, voice actor, and you're good at it. You're gonna work for a very long time. Oh yeah. And that's just it, right? Like, she was Lucy in the Rick, in the Weird House Ricky video. Yes, she was. Oh yeah, yeah she was. <laughs> she was Arnold's grandmother in Hey Arnold. So her first credit is she was additional voices on Scooby Doo and Scrappy Doo back in '79. And the the voice actor for Fred, which I believe is Frank Welker. Has been Fred and Scooby Doo since like the, the beginning, beginning. It's really crazy to think about. Like some of these people, they they become a character and they just they just roll with it. I have to imagine that when you're a voice actor like that, you're kind of easy access too, right? Because if you're you're, you're, it's probably real, especially nowadays. It's probably really easy to record your lines and just kind of send them in. Like you probably, it, beca- could- it became that way during the pandemic or just now. It was right. everyone I mean, was just you- like building studios in their closets and everyone was having to record them. I just think home. it's great that like we've moved that far, technology-wise, that we can actually have studios in our houses. Yeah, I mean. You know, and I mean, it's not like it's a new thing either because there's plenty of musicians who would set up shop in their houses and record entire albums. So, but yeah, um, I, I have to rewatch this Rescue Rangers movie to try to catch all these references that I definitely missed. But I give it a, it, it's it's a solid watch. It was a lot of fun. It isn't what you expect it to be, and really, really fun ride, top to bottom. Yeah, I would. I would. There's not a lot of movies that I would say this about, but it's definitely one of these movies where I could watch it more than once. Right, because I know what you're saying, especially. Um, we just kind of had that conversation on a recent episode. Like, sometimes you watch a movie and it's got a, a big twist in it, and then you can't really like watch it again because you already know. You already know, and sometimes it actually ruins what's coming. Well, sometimes you can watch it one more time, catch all the other stuff. I mean, I guess so it, you know you know what to look for. I, I think it sometimes just depends on what the twist is, like. Like, my favorite movie of all time, Hot Fuzz, has a huge twist in it, and I can still watch that over and over again. Because the twist is ridiculous. Wreck-It Ralph has a huge twist, and I can watch that over and over again. But, like, The Sixth Sense, I've watched it twice, and kind of, yeah, that's kind of where it ends there. Because it's like you watch it once, you, you get the twist. You watch it again to catch all the stuff where you see the twist coming. And now it's like, 
All right, well, guess I'm done with that. But Tress McNeil was the voice of a dink of the dink in Spaceballs. <laughs> so she, she's the one that's saying dink 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 dink. Oh my god. She's uncredited. <laughs> Holy shit. She's done so much. <laughs> and a bunch of like, you know, like she did like oh hey, there's a new yogi thing coming out. Let her do all the voices that aren't yogi, you know. <laughs> That's the other thing too, is a lot of a lot of the the more common voice actors will always be the additional voices in something because they can do so many different voices. I mean, a lot of these guys uh, and girls too, they, (laughs) they make this whole career where it's just like, Oh yeah, I can do, I can do tons of different voices, even though you kind of recognize them after a while. And it's like, okay, good. Well, you can be all these random town people that we need extra voices for in elder scrolls or grand theft auto or something. I remember, like, Batman, playing the Batman games, and being, like, hearing, like, the random henchmen below you, and I'm like, that's DiMaggio's voice. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's Paulson! <laughs> like, yeah, you start random. recognizing them. Because you, you know who <laughs> who the more common ones are, and you realize, oh, yep, that's who that is. Because uh, Jim Cummings well, is I another mean... one. That's really common. But I still feel like she's got a lot of different voices compared to some of the... Like uh, like John Benjamin, right? Like, you hear him speak. He's the same character. Well, yeah. It's, it's, I, it's just his voice. I mean, she definitely uses some of the same voices. Like, Babs Bunny and Gadget are the same voice. Yeah, but yeah. Daisy Duck, kind of the same voice, too. But she does vary it up. No, I don't think H. John Benjamin can vary it up. I think he's just got such a unique voice like Patrick Warburton where you you know it and you hear it that you're just like, oh, yeah, okay, that's who that is, and you don't need to know anything else. That's true. But the good thing is, like, he's a good actor, so, like, he might not be able to do different voices, but you can do different things with the voice, right? Like, you don't get Archer and Bob mixed up. No, because he's playing them completely different. Except for that one episode. <laughs> Where he had his mind wiped and he thought he was a burger maker named Bob? Yes. Yes. <laughs> that was a great fucking episode. Dude, there's... um. Let me see if I can find it real quick. It's a... Uh... It's a website dedicated to voice actors and like crediting them. And I always remember, I always forget what the website is called. But I think it's behind the voice actors. Yep. Behind the voice actors.com. And you can look up any show, any character, any voice actor, and it gives you like their entire credit. But what's cool is they do it with pictures, too, so you don't have to, like, guess which character played which. So, 
but Dan, if I were you, I wouldn't look up the new Rescue Rangers on here because you'd get spoiled as as hell. But if you look up the new Rescue Rangers, it shows you the actor's face next to the character that they played. So you can make every single reference all the way down the line. Oh, the puppet was the... I was like, yeah, this freaking puppet that was the parody of the Swedish chef from the Muppets. That was Keegan. Okay. That makes sense. Just... You, I get confused after a while because I don't remember the character's name and I watched it the once and it was... There was a lot going on. But then you look at the other stuff and you're just like, okay, yeah, a lot of that makes sense. And But yeah, the references were... The references were insane. Like, I don't even know how they... I genuinely don't know how they pulled some of the stuff off. Well, I I feel like everything they just own everything. They got so much money, it doesn't fucking matter. They 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 probably went to these companies and they're like, "Can we use this?" And they're like, "No, only if you give us like 30 million dollars." And Disney's like, "Oh yeah, here, have an extra 10 million." And they're like, "What?" Like who's going to tell who's going to tell Disney no at this point? If you tell them no, they're just going to buy you out. <laughs> well, we'll find a matter out. of fact, the government just 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 said no to them. <laughs> and they're going to they're going to find out. I, yeah. I mean, there were there were a couple that like I just wasn't expecting at all. But really good stuff okay so that concludes our rescue rangers review because i think i ran out of things to talk about i mean we can't talk about it too much without actually spoiling it that that's the whole thing and it did just it's not even that dan didn't see it like it it just came out came out friday yeah (laughs) people need some time to see it so maybe next week we'll talk about a little more in depth but um i want to make a plug real quick we have a new sponsor here at the Nerd Table and CKCC Radio. And it's Shop CKCC. A t-shirt store. Well, and other stuff too. There's other stuff you can buy. Um, I launched the t-shirt shop as a way of helping finance, well, myself and and this this site too. And I kind of need this t-shirt shop to take off a little bit because if it doesn't, I might have to shut some of the podcasting stuff down. That's just the financial reality of the situation. I got time. It doesn't have to take off like tomorrow, although that would be ideal. But I do need this t-shirt shop to be successful for me. So I launched it with 10 designs. uh, Six simple logo shirts, which if they don't take off, I'm going to redo them and make them a little more complicated. But you can also buy some merchandise with the CKCC radio and video logo on it, as well as the Nerd Table logo. Uh, and you have two options there. You have just the text logo, and you have the one with our three smiling faces on it. Uh, the t-shirts you can get, you can get one that says, I got out of bed for this. Or, if I have to parallel park, don't invite me. My vocabulary is not family friendly. Always carrying snacks. I speak fluent movie quotes. 
And does anyone know the cheat code for adulting? Those are the designs currently available. You can go to redbubble.com and search shop CKCC and you can purchase a shirt or other various items, including, but not limited to, artwork to hang up in your house. Again, with our smiling, happy faces on it. Because who wouldn't want that hanging up in their house? So there you go. Of course, we still have our first sponsor, which is Motivational Vacations. Our boy Adrian Cotton over there living his best life as a travel agent. EmersonCotton.IntelliTravel.com. You can check him out and book your next trip with him. So that's our sponsor plugs. I also want to give a shout out to Matt Hardman at the Race Nerd Podcast, who gave me some fun vocabulary for this show. As he has been saying over on the Race Nerd Podcast, he says that we have a plethora of programming, and that's a great way to describe what we do here on CKCC Radio. Plethora? A plethora of programming. You can fancy it up a little bit if you want. There's a new reviews by Jeff out where he talks about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which, by the way, will be on Disney Plus, I believe June 22nd was the date that I saw. Sounds about, sounds about 45 days to me. <laughs> Damn, that's fucking fast. Uh, there's also a real paranormal talk episode you guys can check out about congressional hearings. A new A-show where the spring 2022 Tournament of Champions continues as Ref Matt takes on Andy Peck. And my one-man show released a new episode about what I would do if I won the lottery. You guys can check that out, too. What kind of Wait, a business... So he's talking about the, uh, um, the fact that they're having he hearings about aliens and UFOs and whatever they call them now? Yes. Interesting shit. And, and the world is so messed up right now that we're, nobody's reacting to it. <laughs> like, Well, they're also giving no information because Pat McAfee had, like, the lead uh, guy on the show. And they're, like, the guy's, like, asking questions. And the, pe the people who apparently have all the information have no idea what he's referencing. <laughs> so it's like a freaking shit show. Which means one of two things. They know something they don't want us to know, or they know absolutely nothing and want us to think that they know something. It's really weird. There's only one of two ways that that can possibly go. And they're talking about, like, the, the prevailing theories for, like, even the experts. One of the prevailing theories is it's, is things are um, uh, interruptions from future time travel. I think, ultimately, they've disproved time travel as just impossibility in physics. But, like, at the same time, if you travel through a wormhole or travel fast, close to the speed of light, you're still technically time traveling. Because time well, slows time down is for relative. you. Yeah, exactly. It's it, relatively hard to understand. <laughs> Well, it's as we know physics now, and about in 10,000 years, how we understand physics. Exactly. We don't know what we don't know. And what we do know, we're probably wrong about. Think about what we've <laughs> done in the last hundred years. Think Just about, think about it. Now, it wasn't too long ago that we were sure Earth was the center of the universe. 
Yeah. We were sure of that shit. We were sure that Earth was center of the universe. We were sure that the Earth was flat. Like, and now those have been proven wrong. So, well, you've heard that thing, right? Where it's like science isn't lying to you if it changes its opinion. It's because it learned more. Because that's just how science is. It's the ever-growing study of science. And it's like, oh, we learned something new, so we have to revamp our theories now. And that's a good example of it. Like, yeah, back in the day, they were like, oh, yeah, of course the Earth is the center of the universe. We're certain of it. It's like, and then somebody proved that it wasn't, and that became the fact. My favorite thing about moving of technology is the Wright brothers were the first to actually fly an airplane, and then 50 years later, we're on the moon. Right? That's a huge leap. Dude, just look at where we've come since we were born. The evolution of the computer age and the internet, like... Like, when we were kids, we had to turn to Channel 3 and, like, switch the, the video setting just to play our video games. And if you, if you didn't even have... You didn't have, co like... You didn't have the red, white, and yellow cables, right? Like... You just had the RF cable. Yeah, Sometimes you had, to, you had to take the box out of the side of the TV and screw the system in to play some of those old, like, Pong consoles and everything. Like, it's, it's nuts to think about where the technology has gone. Look at, what a, look at what a television... Like, when I was in college, everything was still analog. Like, you know, like, okay, HD happened literally the year after I graduated was the big switch to HD. I missed it by one year. And now look at where we are. 4K. What's coming next? Like, eventually it's going to look so realistic that you can't tell the difference. Well, then we get to the Uncanny Valley, where even the slightest difference is exaggerated. <laughs> I know, it's nuts. It's it's cool to think about, but it's... It's, it's kind of crazy to wrap your mind around it. See, I like Neil deGrasse Tyson's theory that other life in the universe has to be highly probable because we as human beings are made up of the most common elements found in the universe. Like he did, he did the one-to-one -one ratio. Most common element is hydrogen followed by helium followed by oxygen, nitrogen, carbon, like, and then other stuff. And he goes, and what are we made of? He goes, just take the helium out and everything else is us. Cause you put, Hydrogen and oxygen together, you get water, which is primarily what humans are made out of. He's like, there's there's no way, like, we're not made out of unusual stuff in the universe. It's not like we're rare. What's rare is probably the uprising of intelligence. So, yeah, the, the alien stuff is really fascinating. It's always something I've been fascinated with, and... I also like his theory about why, if we're certain that intelligent life exists out there, why it hasn't, we haven't found it yet, and why it hasn't tried to make contact with us. And you guys have heard some of those theories too, right? Like, number one, the universe is just too big. We've only been sending radio signals out to space for however many years. And oh, you know they updated what we sent out. We sent they sent we sent uh, naked drawings of human beings now. Yes. That was that's on the golden record. Naked drawings, that's what we've done. Because, you know, we want to advertise to predatory species that were squishy and edible. 
And if you touch these parts, we enjoy it. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Another one of the things the guy talked about is like the Terminator paradox, where the only reason why the Terminator got made is because the Terminator came back in time, got destroyed, and a company got some of the parts. So then they made the Terminator from the parts from the future. So where it where did the Terminator originate from? Ah! Good God. Ah. I can't. Dude, I can't. I can't wrap my head around that. Uh, another another Tyson quote that I'm a big fan of is the universe is under no obligation to make sense to you. Like there are things that they discover all the time in physics that should not make sense. That's the what was that a Pete Holmes thing where he talked about how think about like the universe. The universe goes on forever, but somehow it's getting bigger. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have to make sense to you. <laughs> It's because the space isn't expanding. It's the actual volume that's expanding. Does infinity get bigger? I know. Can't wrap your head around it. Well, there's still popular theories that the universe is finite. And eventually it's going to stop expanding and collapse back into itself. And then we're... I say it doesn't fucking matter in the long scheme of things. Because what if we found out the truth? What can we do about it at this moment? Absolutely nothing. Nope. And at the end of the day, that's like that's not my. That's not for me to figure out. That's not for my children to figure out. It's not for my grandchildren to figure out. <laughs> right. At the end of the day, if we if we knew, I'd be like, "That's cool. You guys want to go get some sandwiches? Like, like what? <laughs> <laughs> How yeah, does that affect your time? Ten thousand years. I'm like, well, we ain't figuring it out now." <laughs> Well, then I guess I know we know how long to figure out to save the human race. Actually, that would probably be more helpful if we knew when something like that was going to happen. Right? We got like a little clock that showed up. <laughs> oh, jeez. We'll just put a doomsday clock. <laughs> doomsday the actual clock. doomsday clock. The actual doomsday clock, exactly. Well, yeah, as it gets closer and closer to zero, more, like, crime and shit just starts to happen because everybody's just like, well, we're going to die anyway. You guys remember, like, back in 99 or something like that, there was, like, a like a week where they were like, so a uh, meteor is going to come really close to Earth and might hit us. The thing is, if we got hit by a meteor today, we'd probably survive. Like, a good portion of the species would probably well, survive. Apparently, we technically get hit by meteors all the time, but by the time they get here, they're microscopic. The, the, the thing about the, like, the whole meteor thing and the expansion, right? By the time we would notice that a meteor is going to impact us, it's already too late. There's nothing we can do about it. Or, the other theory is... A meteor is probably moving so fast in one direction, and we're moving so fast in its path that we wouldn't even notice until it hit. We would just not fucking know. You are because if we can't if we can't see the tail, then we don't even know anything is moving. So the only reason that like we even see things is because of the angle of the sun and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. That's another thing, right? Like people are like, well, aliens could be here right now and we wouldn't notice it. Well, yeah, if they've got the technology to get here, 
they can probably get here pretty unnoticed. Yeah. If people can't figure out that Clark Kent is Superman, we would not fucking notice that aliens exist. <laughs> uh, but I've seen some people where, like, they'll put on, like, they'll change their hair and put on glasses and just, like, change their appearance a little bit, and they look completely unrecognizable. So you hear them talk. So it's not... I, I know it's a it's a funny example, but it's not entirely out of my the favorite is like Brian Danielson when he's got long hair, or versus beard and no beard. He's like three different people. It's it, it's really funny to think about though. But some people are just so different depending upon their hair and facial hair. I don't even want to like ever shave my facial hair now because I'm happy with the fact that like it like I, I, I like the way I look better with it you'll, like, you'll love the way you look oh my god yeah, you... <laughs> I, don't fucking say it don't fucking say it <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't you dare uh, men's warehouse <laughs> damn it alright <laughs> the buttons broke up my blazer, what? Remember that? Stone Cold did his uh, Hall of Fame induction and he ended with, I cut this jacket at Wed's warehouse and the buttons broke, what? <laughs> Actually don't remember that, but... You're gonna love the way you look, what? Alright. Eric, I've been feeling kind of bad, buddy. We... Why are you feeling kind of bad, man? Because we've been... I've been screwing you on trivia. <laughs> I needed to find something that I, 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 you'd have a, you'd have a good shot at. So I picked something that I knew was right up your alley. Oh, it's not man. screwing him on trivia. It's the fact that he's always competing against me. I found Dragon Ball trivia. Something you actually know and know pretty well. Dra- <sighs> Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball Z? It's all of them. Oh, okay. Like the new well, there you go. So there's like uh, only one of the shows will I have any knowledge of. So. The five categories are Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball GT, Dragon Ball Super, and then very specific details. Very specific details. Very specific details. <laughs> so we're just going to go in order because that's so. makes the most sense. So, all right, all right, Eric. I'm going to give you some Dragon Ball trivia. Who was the first person to encounter Goku in the beginning of the show? Grandpa Gohan. Uh, that's not... They're actually looking for, like... In the actual wise. show. Yeah. So, Bulma. Oh, okay. Then, yeah, Bulma. But... It was Bulma. No, you're correct, though. You're still technically correct, so... Which is the best kind of correct. Alright, <laughs> er- right, Eric. This is an easy one. Who taught Goku the Kamehameha wave? Uh, himself, but after seeing it from Master <laughs> Roshi. <laughs> he just does it. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, hey, I'm like, gonna try It'll that. take you years and years to learn. What? <laughs> uh, what android befriended Goku during his battle with the Red Ribbon Army? Oh. What's his name? It's the Frankenstein monster, but what's his fucking yeah. name? Fuck. I... Damn, it had to be like it's a number. I know it's a number. All numbers. But I... It's less than fifteen, or no, uh, thirteen. You at least know that. 
<laughs> Just take a I guess. You got a 1 in 12 shot of getting this right. <laughs> oh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> well, you do. All right, I'll narrow it down. It's a single digit number. I and that, that helps a whole lot when it's from 13. <laughs> no, I I eliminated several possibilities. I eliminated 3. It's but it's between 1 Give and 9. A second. <laughs> Uh, let's go with eight. Fuck it. I can't remember. Yep, you're right. It's eight. <laughs> Android eight. Who won the first ever martial arts tournament that was seen on the show? Do you want his actual identity? How about the one he used to win? Ooh, okay. So. Well, just say um, who it was. So we know who it was. Master Roshi. But do you remember what he called himself? What did he call himself? Jackie Chun. Yeah. Jackie Chun. There it is. That's what I know before I watched the entire show. Uh, what's the name of the move that Goku used to defeat Demon King Piccolo? I actually didn't know this. Dan, do you even remember this? Was it? I think it's like the Dragon Fist. Yes! God damn. There you go, buddy. I, I knew this was going to be more up your alley. All right, let's do Z. I know you're even better versed in Z. Now I can only help but guess. <laughs> who, who did the Earth recognize as the champion who defeated the villains Cell and Majin Buu? Uh, American or Japanese? <laughs> uh, well, thanks thanks to the... Her, Hercule or Mr. Satan. Yeah. Hey, Mr. Satan. Hercule? I, I always hated that change. <laughs> <clears throat> what move did Goku learn from King Kai to defeat Vegeta in the Saiyan invasion arc? Kaokan. Correct. What led to Frieza being unable to continue his fight with Goku during the Frieza saga? <laughs> he lost his bits. <laughs> <laughs> it says he was cut in half by his own attack, but I'll accept that. <laughs> what were two moves that clashed together that decided the fate of Earth in the Cell Saga? What were two moves? Yes. This was the this, the move that decided the Earth's fate. It's the same move. One's being launched from Cell, the oh. other from Gohan. Yeah, okay, so the Super Kamehameha from Cell, and then the, the father-son Kamehameha. Yes! Very good. And what did it take for Goku to finally defeat King Boo? Or, sorry, Kid Boo? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was, it was definitely the Spirit Bomb. Yes. What fueled it? Everyone. Yep. This is this is where I would honestly say Hercule was actually the hero. Because Vegeta tried and that didn't work. Yeah. You took, idiots, well, raise your hands. I'm not listening to that guy. <laughs> so yes, this is where I give credit to Hercule. Like, he's the reason... The Earth was won 
in the Boo Saga, but not fucking sell. All right, let's try GT. And eh, not a fan. Okay, but, but we'll try it anyway. What three characters went on for the search of the Black Star Dragon Balls across the galaxy? Okay, that one's easy. Oh, yeah, Goku Pan Trunks. Yep. True or false? Is Goku able to become a Super Saiyan 1, 2, and 3 after he had turned back into a kid? Yes. Correct. True. Whose body did Baby take to use as his battle suit against Goku? Vegeta. Yep, because everybody always does. Who takes out Omega Shenron? Uh... I don't know. It's I, a very specific I, I was... answer. <laughs> yeah, I, I like... want to say it's like Gogeta or something. You are correct, yes. And it's Super okay. Saiyan 4 Gogeta. By the way, Super Saiyan 4, I'm glad, is no longer canon. Because I hated that form. Just didn't make any sense. During what fight did Goku ascend to Super Saiyan 4 and what fight for Vegeta? So who were they fighting um, when they ascended? They were fighting Baby. Yes, Goku got got it fighting Baby, but who did Vegeta get it fighting? (sighs) Shit. Yeah, I didn't remember this either, so don't worry about it. I honestly don't remember that one. It's Omega Shenron. Dude, I watched GT once, and and that was enough. Once I knew that it wasn't by the original creator and it was essentially going to be non-canon, I I was like, well, I'm going to watch it anyway just to try to enjoy it. And um, I'm really glad Super came along because Super was way better. Super was nuts. All right, so the next questions are about Super. So Okay. Who is the most powerful Saiyan out of the following? Kakarot, Vegeta, Bardock, Gohan... Go ten trunks or brawly. Brawly. Yes. How many universes were there originally before Grand Zeno deleted some? Thirteen. No. There were actually eighteen. And he said, "Fuck it." Yeah. Oh yeah, narrowed it down to thirteen. <laughs> He's just like, "Nope, nope, we don't need <laughs> these anymore." What prompted Goku and Vegeta to fuse into Vegito in the Goku Black arc? What prompted them? Yeah. It did prompt. It was another fusion. Uh, it was Zumatsu and um, Goku Black fusing together. Yep. It was too much for them, so they had to fuse again. Yeah. How many total Saiyans are required to perform the Super Saiyan God Ritual? What was that? I think it was like five. Yes. It says, the the answer says six because they're counting Goku as part of it, but really you needed five because that was like the big thing, remember? They're They're like, oh yeah, we need... We need five, and he's just like, and Weiss is like, am I the only one who knows how to do math around here? (laughs) (laughs) I love Weiss. Weiss is great. All right, and what is Goku's most powerful form if you exclude Ultra Instinct? Oh, this is kind of a tricky one. 
It's the most oh, powerful form okay. he actually achieved during the Tournament of Power. So, if you exclude Ultra Instinct, and you're counting K.O. Can yep. as a form, yeah. then it's the Super Saiyan Blue K.O. Can times 20. Fuck yeah! See, I knew you were going to do better on this one. This is why I picked this for you. Fucking ace in it. Alright, let's try these very specific details, because I don't know what the hell they're going to talk about. Let's see if even I know these. Okay. Vegeta comes from a lineage of royalty for Saiyans. So the question is, what number is Vegeta in his family? Oh, that's an interesting one. I don't even understand the question. What do you yeah. mean, what number? Alright, yeah, I don't get it either. He Apparently he's the fourth. He's the fourth in that royalty line. That was a weird question. Oh, so he's like the fourth Vegeta? Yeah, basically. Uh, who's the mastermind that created okay. all the I didn't understand, like... Yeah, no, it's fine. Let's let's ditch that question. That was the... Okay. the that was the, the uh, Dr. Unquote. Jiro. Yes, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was Goku's power level when he was born in the Dragon Ball Super Brawly movie? He had it. Oh, something stupid. I can't remember. It was it was really weak. Yeah. It was two. <laughs> it was just nothing. I mean, he was stronger than the farmer. <laughs> so what is it that makes... They... Mo yeah, the farmer was level five. Right. I like that's what Trunks hides his power level at when Frieza comes. And he's like, this kid's only level 5. And he just wipes the floor with all his minions. <laughs> so what makes Majin Buu such a powerful villain in the show compared to the other villains? Oh. Um, <clears throat> he's um, He absorbs energy. He is the tankiest of tanks. Yes. And he just like... He, he'll just fucking eat you. It doesn't matter how strong you are, because if he turns you into candy and eats you, then he becomes you. And the only reason that they even won was because the Supreme Kai had already fought him and was absorbed into him and gained some of his personality traits, which actually made him weaker. Yes. You are correct. That was actually more information than they wanted, but I'll. that's awesome. <laughs> All right, this is the last question. <clears throat> Why do Goku and the rest of the Saiyans seem to barely age even though they go through years in the show? Their natural lifespans. They uh, evolve quicker than humans and then they stay at their prime longer. Yes, because they're a fighting species. Dude, you pretty yep. much ace this. There you go. Dragon Ball trivia with Eric. I wanted to give him some trivia that I knew he could friggin' ace. Hey, I almost messed up with the Android one. I was just like, what fucking number was he? That's fine. That's not like... It's not like that was... Yeah. I don't think a lot of people even remember Android 8 that much. Although I do kind of like the fact that when they were showing the, the handful of people who were still alive in the, the Goku Black timeline. Like, he's one of them. And the tortoise is still alive. 
I, I think it's funny because the tortoise is still alive because no one can sense his power. Yeah. <laughs> he, so he's just he's kind of so makes it. low. Yeah. So he just kind of makes it. Which is good. <clears throat> All right. I got some more stuff to, uh, I got some more stuff I want to discuss. I'm trying to find some, some things here to, to move the show along. Cause I, I had some ideas and I want to look up some, some lists and stuff for discussion, but I'm going to turn it over to Dan because Dan has seen some stuff. You seen oh, some yes. stuff. That was last week. Oh my goodness. I need to look at the list. <laughs> Did you forget um, what you've seen? Yeah, because it was last week. <laughs> Let me look quick. Okay, so last week I watched the oh yeah Mike Myers return series on Netflix called The Pentaveret. I've heard some. I've now? heard some things. This is actually all like thirty years in the making because if you watch. So I married an axe murderer. There is a scene 20 minutes in the movie where the father is discussing to the detective friend about the existence of the Pentaveret. And he hits plot details that are now in the show. So it's like 30 years in the making. I've heard that it's one of those shows where some of the jokes land pretty well, but but some of them are just so dated that you just get annoyed with it. The actual jokes themselves? Yeah. <clears throat> so it's about there's a secret society of five people, and they lead the planet. But they're nice. So, like, in this one, the idea is that they're trying to solve global warming. And it's Mike Myers is, like, half the people on the show. Ugh. Then I finally watched the gallery Book of Boba Fett, the behind-the-scenes thing that they released, like, after shows. I finally watched that. Some cool stuff there. Like, the reveal after everybody telling us that Mark Hamill wasn't there at all. No, he was there the entire time. I mean... Don't know why they let that out, that he wasn't there at all. Some cool stuff. Then I watched a bunch of sports documentaries... First one was Long Gone Summer, and that was about the summer of 98 with Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. And at one point, King Griffey Jr., but then he fell off. Either of you remember that year? I remember playing Ken Griffey Jr.-themed video games on Nintendo. And those were the best baseball games I ever played. You remember Summer of 98? And then interrupting regular television programming because Mark McGuire's up to bat. Yes. I did a project on him in, in school where you had to like, you had to basically become a celebrity. 
Like you wrote it, you wrote a story about the person and then you like dressed up as them and did basically told like their life story. I remember some kid in my class, cause this is 98 again, some kid in my class did Steve Austin and he actually like played the music and did the what? whole entrance and everything. This is 98. I love that everybody collectively agrees that that is the worst thing that's ever happened. That Steve Austin ever contributed to pro wrestling was that what chant. And everybody hates it, but people keep doing it. Because, you know, logic. But yes, I, I remember the Mark McGuire summer. I thought that was actually pretty cool, but it was also one of those things where I was like, I don't know if I want him to break this record. And then he broke the record. And then Barry Bonds broke the record, but nobody talks about Barry Bonds. They all use steroids. Yeah, I mean, Mark McGuire, they gotta it, make it, it entertaining it somehow. Only, it was not only not against league rules, it was legal in, the, in America. Yeah. Um, next one I saw was called Silly Little Game, and it's about the birth of fantasy baseball. That's interesting. There's a group of friends that were writers, and a bunch of them would like meet at some shitty restaurant in New York City as a joke. And then one of them one day was like, it's the middle of winter. I miss baseball. I'm going to come up with some way to still play baseball. Then I watched Doc and Daryl, which is about Dwight Gooden and Daryl Strawberry. They were teammates in the Mets in the 80s. And then they both fell in love with alcohol and the nose candy. (laughs) And they would both be Hall of Famers now if it wasn't for that. Old nose candy. Dion's Double Play, which is about when Dion Sanders... Played an NFL football game and then and two playoff baseball games in like twenty four hours, or at least he tried to. But one of but the baseball team was a little pissy about it, and they didn't play him the second game. Stinks. And then I watched the late shift, which was about when. Johnny Carson stepped away from the Tonight Show. That sounds interesting. Which is a whole lot of shit happened around that. This is uh, an HBO movie they made in the 90s, shortly after it happened, because it's literally off a book about the entire thing. And holy crap, that was a shitstorm. Well, he actually retired, right? Or he, he didn't just, like, up and quit. He retired out of no... So, it's... Okay. So, they... ABC... NBC was like, we gotta get rid of Jimmy. He's starting to fall... He's falling off. We're losing... Losing people. And at the time, Leno was already his, like, permanent... Like, whatever Jimmy was on vacation. Jay Leno would fill in for him and stuff like that. But meanwhile, Dave is killing it on the 12.30 show... And you would just think that he would move forward. And they do all these backdoor deals and freaking sus stuff. And then one day, as they're like introducing the, 
the the new year of shows. He just says, "Oh, by the way, at the end of the year, I'm I'm retiring, <laughs> and all, all everything falls apart." Oh, jeez. And it leads to you know it ends with Jay is on the Tonight Show and Dave is doing his show on CBS. I know that Carson was still doing a show when I was alive because I know I saw it, but I I distinctly remember watching Letterman with my family, like we never it watched still, Leno. And in the in the nineties, it was still Johnny Carson was still around in the nineties. Crazy. That is nuts. And then I started uh, Witcher Season 2, and now i got like three episodes left of that. That's what I was last watching. Oy. You know what's fun? Being under a tornado watch. Are you? We are. So... This is something kind of fun that I've been watching. I've been watching some of like those breakdown videos that they do on YouTube, um, where they bring in like they bring in like a mafia guy and he breaks down scenes from mob movies, or they bring in um, the one I watched is they brought in a meteorologist to break down disaster scenes in movies and like what's real and what isn't. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait for them to get to Twister because as as much as I love tornadoes and I. I think that movie is a lot of fun. The inaccuracies in it are so ridiculous that it's actually, like, it's kind of fun. It's one of those movies that's kind of fun to take the piss out of it. Like, Armageddon, I love that movie, but it's so dumb at the same time. But I still love it. But I acknowledge how dumb it is. It's amazing movie. I don't know what you're talking about. Best soundtrack <laughs> ever. So, so some of the things in Twister that I always, I always found amusing was... The whole concept of, like, here comes a tornado. A, it's roaring, which they don't do that. They don't make animalistic noises. Um, they get into a ditch to avoid it. Tornadoes don't dip into ditches. They jump over them. So that's why ditches are a safe place. Uh, the wind shear is able to take the car away, but not them. Standing right under the bridge, like, doesn't really work like that. <laughs> and then, of course, it's able to drop all kinds of equipment around them and roll an entire house, but they're still on the road. And if there's two twisters and they don't like, that's a thing that I see in a lot of movies are like twisters form into one giant one. What would actually happen is they would repel each other and probably destroy each other. <laughs> Cause that's another thing. Like as powerful as tornadoes are, they're also very sensitive. There's a joke in there somewhere. I don't know if I want to make it though. <laughs> They're very powerful, but very sensitive. I'm just like, eh. How Most things like that are powerful. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how an earshot I am right now in the house. Before you make those jokes. No, the, the whole thing is like, they're very sensitive to their environment. So all it takes is for one thing to, to mess up the storm and the tornado is dead. Because they can't survive. Like, they, they, they need perfect conditions to form in the first place. You need to have you need to have the the rising air, you have to have the circulating air, and you have to have the wind shear. And if you don't have all three of those things, the tornado can't form in the first place. And then, okay, here it is, and now it's here, but all it takes is for that storm to get interrupted by something. 
And, well, that's the end of that. Where's Kanye when you need him? <laughs> Look, I'm really happy for you, and I'm going to let you finish. Oh, God, I was referenced to that? <laughs> I mean, it could be a reference to whatever you want. Blame Eric. He brought up Kanye's name. Hey, Eric, like fish sticks? Yeah, why? Weren't you a gay fish? I love Dan making references from shows he doesn't watch. He know, You know all the South Park references, but you don't watch South Park. But you know him. Because all his friends watch South Park. Yeah, because he knows well, I it watch it. It was like it. that with uh, Beavis and Butthead in sixth grade. And people were like, jeez, Dan, what do you do? Watch Beavis and Butthead all day, every day? And I was like, nope. I haven't seen an episode. But y'all talk about it nonstop, so I know every reference. All right. Like how eventually I can tell some people's stories better than they can. Yeah, because you hear them so often. often. Which is fine, because sometimes I I prefer you to fill in the details on stories that I've told you, because sometimes I forget. (laughs) But you remember, and I appreciate that. I generally don't like BuzzFeed quizzes, but I found a Disney true or false one that I think it would be fun if we all did. Oh, so this is an actual quiz and not a, like, a who is your spirit animal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I hate those, too. Do you know <laughs> the answer to these basic Disney trivia facts? All three of us should be able to tackle this one. Let's see how we do collectively. The, act, right. the actor who voiced Prince Eric was only 16 years old. You say yes? Is that a, this a true, or, true or false? It's true or false, yeah. Oh, okay. I have no idea. Well, I do know Disney likes cheap labor. <laughs> I'm going to say true. Right, Eric says true. I feel like it's false, though. Dan, I'll let you be the tiebreaker. Uh, don't, because I'm looking it up. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> cheating. Not if I said, don't ask me because I'm looking it up. Yeah, it's not cheating if I tell you I'm cheating. (laughs) So you know the answer then. Well, now I have to do math. (laughs) Oh, they just gave you the year. That sucks. So he's currently 49. So that has to be true then, because that came out in 89. So, yeah, maybe while they were starting, he was 16, yeah. True. Christopher Daniel Barnes was 16 years old when he recorded his part of Prince Eric in the 1989 film. Okay. How old is Prince Eric supposed to be? Uh, I'm not, not sure. 16. Because well, it sounds about right, right? Ar- Ariel's 16, so I guess it could make sense, right? Was she 16? I think she's supposed to be. She's supposed is that to be whole a- movie sucking jailbait? Like, Dude, all not the if they're both 16. All the Disney princesses are like that. Snow White's 14. Yeah, I think they're all like 14 to 17. Like, like hardly any of them are adult age. Yeah, don't fantasize about Disney princesses. Good well, well, my favorite thing is like from, from the perspective of Snow White, everything went according to plan. Right? 
the witch told her to eat the apple and then the love of her life will show up and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> that is true. So, I mean, technically, the witch wasn't evil. <laughs> From a certain point of view. From everybody's point of view. Snow White's point of view. <laughs> like, the legit, protagonist. everything she said was true. <laughs> there was no lie. <laughs> All right. You get what you paid for. <laughs> True or false, Aurora has only 15 lines and appears on screen for only 15 minutes. Ooh, this sounds like it possibly could be true. See, it sounds true, but there's a lot of numbers, specific numbers. I, I want to say true, yeah. but I think I've also heard the stat is like 16, and I hope it's not one of those bullshit quizzes where they're just like, oh, no, you're off by a minute. But, yeah. but let's say true. Nope, it it was bullshit. It was 18 lines in 18 minutes, so that's... Oh, fuck off. There's your bullshit question right there. Fucking bullshit. Animators have hidden the Easter egg A113 in all but one Pixar film. Uh, I would say false. I would say it would be all of them. I feel like there's like going to be like the good dinosaur or something didn't have it. Right? They couldn't hide it in like a splash of water or something it was carved into a tree <laughs> i said uh, fa- i said false. Uh, it has to be it has to be false and it i was right is it every single one every single one yeah okay sleeping beauty was a box office flop that sounds true uh, to me. i just saw like yeah it was like snow white was good but yeah. the next three were bad so yeah i would say true it was so poorly done that Disney didn't make another princess movie for 30 years, which yeah. would be The Little Mermaid. Because I've been watching a lot of Defunct Land and stuff lately, and it's like, yeah. Like, Snow White, the first full-length movie, did good, and then, like, their next three movies all bombed. Uh, this one's interesting. Tangled is the most expensive animated movie ever made. Because of the hair. That's why I feel like it has to be true. But at the same time, when was this quiz made? This quiz. I remember hearing like they had to like do all kinds of crazy shit just to do the hair. This quiz was made in December, so yeah. Let's say true. Correct. Two hundred and sixty million dollars in six years spent in production. I remember like hearing like the story about the big thing like. We can't just call it Rapunzel because only girls will see it. Yeah, that's why they, they changed it. They wanted to advertise to everybody. It's a really good movie. The real name of Boo from Monsters, Inc. is Jane. I know, that's false. Her name's Mary. Yeah, that's a different name. I know, I, like, I know it's not Jane. Yeah, because the... the name the... is Boo. <laughs> no, it's Mary Gibbs. Beauty and the Beast uses recycled animation. It's not Robin Hood. There's like I think there's like a specific part, yeah. It used 30-year-old animation from Sleeping Beauty for the Beauty and the Beast final dance scene in order to save time and money. So that was true. Mo- well, that, yeah, because that scene was, had CGI, which meant it probably was the most expensive scene. So recycling some old cells probably <laughs> did help. 
Probably. Moana was the first truly original Disney animated feature film. Mmm, shit. Let me think. Moana was truly original. Like, everything, nothing was inspired by anything. Because I'm thinking back to everything else. There's all kinds of princess stories, fairy tales. Um, There's ones where they just change the name. Like, Black Cauldron. It's gotta be fun. Book. Everything is, like, inspired by something. Everything. They may I'm not be they're not, they're not talking about like the. Oh, it's not like there isn't a Moana book. Like Great Mouse Detective is inspired by Sherlock Holmes. Uh, Little Mermaid's based on fairy tale. Based on Little Mermaid. No, it can't be. It has to be false because now I'm thinking of stuff like Dinosaur. Well, Dinosaur was inspired by dinosaurs. So. Lilo and Stitch. Right? Lilo and Stitch wasn't based on anything, right? Now I got to tell my famous story about how the one time I googled what's the name of the girl from Lilo and Stitch. Yes, I I have told that story. That makes me laugh. I didn't hit enter, (laughs) but I type patched it. I'm going to say false to this. It says that the first one was actually the Lion King. Yeah, right. That's That's Hamlet. Lion it's King. also named after, there's also like five other versions of the Lion King before it. Well, the answer was still false. And of course, what I was going with was after the Lion King, but I'll take it. There's like the White Lion or whatever. It's a Simpsonly, like. Yeah, Kimba the White it's, Lion. It's an anime. Yeah, Kimba the White Lion, yeah. Cinderella, Belle, and Tiana wear opera gloves to signify that they married into royalty. I believe that's true. That sounds true. That's a symbol for that? Yes. It is. And it, I Just like that's... Like having a white rock parked out front of your lawn means it's a symbol for uh, swingers. It was an upside-down pineapple. The official crest of Arendelle is called a Kala Lily. I don't even know what that is. I think it's a flower. Let's just say true. No, I was wrong. I should have... It's a crocus. Well, whatever. We are doing great. Got eight... (laughs) We got eight out of 20. Were there even 20? No, we got way more than that. There weren't even 20 questions. Freaking BuzzFeed. This is what I get for choosing BuzzFeed. We got eight of them right, and they were just like, you're going to get the rest of them wrong. <laughs> just, that was pretty much it. They, they didn't just, even bother asking us. Did they just not even give <laughs> me the rest of the questions? They're just like, nah, you suck at this. Why, why'd, you even, why'd you even come in today? <laughs> like, damn, bro. All right. Do you know your name? <laughs> like, <laughs> no, because there's three of us. <laughs> <laughs> no idea. Every time I think I've got, I'm like, this is going to be a strength. And then it's like, nah, you were wrong. You were tragically wrong. Well, son of a bitch. All right. What do you guys want to talk about? Oh, I know. Yeah, Obi-Wan coming on, on uh, I know. Friday. So excited. There's a lot of stuff happening on Friday. And then, like, Two weeks later, 
is the beginning of Miss Marvel. Is that going to overlap with Obi-Wan? Yeah, but one's on Friday and the other's on Wednesday. So Okay. Uh, I feel like I've really got nothing, nothing going on this week, other than like just a lot of fucking work. We're trying to do this thing where we're um, we're going to be repairing iPhones pretty soon at like at my job, and I'm just like, you, you realize we're not going to be able to get anything else done, right? Like the moment we open these doors to say, hey. We're gonna be fixing iPhones. You're that's gonna all we're gonna be, be doing. IPhones, yeah. Like that's all we're ever going to do. Every idiot kid with any issue is gonna show up. Mm. Well, you got to think we're on a college campus, and we're about to fix iPhones. Hmm. We're gonna be. It's gonna be. I'm. I'm gonna be so goddamn busy. Well, you won't have any shortage of work to do. That's a good thing, right? That's true, but all the computers that need repairing aren't going to get repaired. That's the downfall. Uh, At some point, we're going to just turn into a giant Apple store. Like, that's not what the game plan is, but honestly, all we ever work on are Macs, and now that we're doing iPhones, like, all the other laptops are just going to get pushed to the side because we have to do all the warranty work because we're, like... 100% 100% uh, Mac certified. So it's just going to be iPhone and Mac repairs all day, every day. All day, every day. Well, got to love those iPhones. Yeah. Dude, I... Isn't like... I'm not that well-versed on Apple technology, but, like, wasn't the iPhone almost specifically designed so, like, you can't really repair it? Like, isn't that part of the thing with Macs is, like, they made them complicated to try to make it a little tougher? Yes. You have to go to them and pay for them to fix it. Correct. So you have to be certified in order to access their diagnostic suite to do any kind of repair. Um, but the right to repair act just got passed. So now you can actually go to Apple, tell them that you want to repair your phone and they'll rent you out the tools that you need to repair your phone. If you wanted to repair it yourself. Okay. Okay. But I guarantee you the moment you look at the instructions, you're just going to be like, nah, here's 500 bucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, they're going to make it so esoteric that you're going to have to go to them anyway because that's the way they roll. It's, yeah, it's so, well, one, you're going to avoid your warranty anyway because they, you know, just because if you go to fix it yourself. So if you have warranty, it's better to just have them do it because it's not going to cost you much anyway. Maybe like whatever the insurance is for a phone. What's that? Like a hundred bucks? Is that your copay or something like that? I think so. Something like that. Rather than buying the part, which is more than a hundred bucks, renting the tools, which I don't know how much is that's going to be, but you know, let's say fifty bucks. Uh, and then 
voiding any kind of warranty or repair service afterwards. Yeah, nah. It's basically just after two years, you're going to trade in that phone, get a new one that has a warranty on it, and then keep doing that every two years. Which, honestly, not a bad idea if you just want to save money. No, you're right. Well, if you can, if you can afford the phone every two years, but they got a good, they got a pretty good uh, upgrade plan anyway. I think there's like I, I can't remember what it was called, but you pay like fifty bucks a uh, fifty bucks a month or something like that, or twenty bucks, thirty bucks a month, and every two years you get a free upgrade. You just keep you're just renting the phone from them basically at that point. Lease like a car. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically like a lease on a car except for it's a phone and then if you decide to stop then you just finish paying off whatever phone version you happen to be on and then that that phone is yours one of my uh right. one of the, one of the things i need to get is i need to eventually suck it up and get a new iPhone just because the one I have is so old and I know eventually they're going to start they're going to stop doing support and upgrades for it entirely like eventually the iOS won't come out for my old iPhone model so I'm going to end up having to upgrade um right kind of well what do you got 7 and what, okay, what are they on real. yeah what are they on 13 now like I know I had a 5 yeah. for a while and I know they stopped doing updates for that it's just that it's they're it's the obnoxious part of this being expensive and like just you know when you when you're when you're having financial issues you don't you, you can't afford to go through something like that so it's one of those things where I'm like I have to just make sure that nothing happens to this phone because if it does I'm basically just without a phone at that point I'm rocking an SE See when I got an SE, I got the second gen SE, and I like it. Um, it's got the A11 chip, which is the same one that they got in the iPhone 11. Um, and honestly, I haven't had any issues with it. I, I feel like they've gotten a lot better uh, of supporting their past devices because of the complaints. But yeah, I agree. At a certain point, it's just like once it's like four or five years old, you're kind of like, all right, it's slowing down. The battery's fucking dying. You can't replace the battery in it. I mean, you can, but the price of a battery and to get it replaced, you might as well buy a new phone. The only way I can use this phone for more than five minutes with it not plugged in is if it's in low battery mode the entire time. Yeah. Well, isn't that a thing with like video game servers and stuff? When a game gets too old and new versions keep coming it out, like... They start they start doing the whole thing where it's like, oh, we're gonna end support for this. So if you were enjoying playing multiplayer on this, uh we're done with that. Yeah. That was always super sad. There's only been a few Remember games they, where they like... finally closed the Halo 2 servers, but people just continued playing so they couldn't close it for like a day or two. Yeah. I that spawned something. Players. There were people that were like they were getting rid of the multiplayer i can't remember what game it was but instead of getting rid of the multiplayer servers what they did was they made it peer-to-peer -peer, 
So if you wanted to play multiplayer, you can just set up like your own server and then invite people and play that way. Which I thought is a better move than just getting rid of the server all together. That is a much but if you don't move. know, Yeah, but if you don't know how to fucking do a server or make a server, you're kind of fucked anyway. <laughs> but it was like Halo 4 was out, I think. <laughs> We're like almost at the end of another console generation. And this Halo 2 servers were still on. That's a long-ass support. Yeah. Well, consider that the 360 PS3 generation lasted like 10 years. Speaking of video games, uh, should we draw my daily game of the day? Where'd we leave Are you ready for it? Today I learned when Microsoft shut down Halo 2 multiplayer, one player kept his Xbox running for a month playing until he was booted from the game. So they a month of we're shutting down today, and this one player stuck around for a whole month before they just said fuck it, pull on the plug. Oh my god! This is like there's still people playing. There's just one person. He's shooting at nothing. <laughs> anyway, Chris, your th- your uh, your daily video game thing. Yeah, I uh, actually do have my iPad with me this week. Aha. So I can draw the list. I will just tell you now there are 224 games remaining. <clears throat> uh, the games, we talked about Dr. Mario. The next game I drew was Zork, the classic text-based adventure game. Which was odd because we had talked about it that day. I know. It was funny when I drew it. But I drew the last number. And when you draw the last number, it was last one on the list because alphabetically... It was the only Z game left, so... Curious. Kid Icarus was the next game I drew. NES platformer. It's called Kid Icarus, but the main character is not named Kid Icarus. No, it's Pit. His name is Pit. Uh, Pokemon Black and White Edition came up next. That was Gen 5. And that's where I started. I attempted to get back into the franchise then. Because I had missed was that 3 and 3DS? 4. 3DS, yeah? Uh, no, that was regular DS. From, I had missed out on 3 and 4. And X and Y were about to come out. And with the whole 3DS capability and the game looked great. And they were going to have the Mega Evolutions and everything. And I was like, man... Actually, so black and white is is up next for the remaster treatment. Though. Pretty much, yeah. Okay. Good God. Because I played Diamond, and that was on DS. So, so I was like, okay, so I want to try to get back into this. I'll get the last generation. It was actually Black Two that I got, but I was like, I'll try this. I'll see how this how this goes, and. I had some fun with it. My problem with these games now is just that they don't captivate me like they used to, and I end up getting bored of them quickly because it it is a very formulaic-type game. So. I like the battle aspect of Pokemon the best. That's why I wish they would do another Pokemon Stadium, because I would play the hell out of that all freaking day long. Because that was always my favorite part of the Pokemon games were the battles. 
even the gym battles and everything, like the whole grind and evolution and all that stuff. Like I would get bored with those elements and you'd have to, it would just take too long to do some things. So, uh, the next game I drew was Starcraft. And of course the comment section blew up with, you must construct additional pylons. Carrier has arrived. Yeah. The memes, all the memes that came from Starcraft. Then I drew Crash Bandicoot, PlayStation OG. I drew Ultima Underworld. Man, Ultima. And Ninja Gaiden. One of the infamously difficult video games that came out on the NES. NES Hard, as they called it. So, with you... With 224 games on the list, what will be today's game of the day? No, I have a question for Eric. Go for it. How many times do I push the button? Push the button four times. I would push it once, twice, thrice, four ice. 18. Oh, damn. We're going all the way up to the top. All right. The game is called Berserk. Berserk? Wait. Is it based off the anime? Uh, Probably not. I have a feeling this is an... Yeah, this is an old-school arcade game with robots. So, I'm going to say that's a no. Sorry about that, bud. Not this time. I thought it was going to be based off the anime, and I'd be like, oh my god. Because <laughs> I know that it's been running for a while, so at least since the 80s. I don't doubt that. At least 1980. But no, the game I picked is a classic arcade game. You run around, there's like happy faces and robots trying to shoot you. Yeah, it's like a, a, like a little bit of a maze and you sh- directional shoot. Probably seems pretty fun. You know, sometimes... Sometimes those old games are fun to just go back and, and try to try to rip through again. Some of the old arcade games, just as like a time killer. And <clears throat> uh, Speaking of old games, I have been replaying the Grand Theft Auto Collection. I finally started it up. After, like, with with all of my games, they, they sit there forever and I don't touch them. And then I, I was like, I got I got the urge for some GTA, but I'm like, ah, I don't know if I feel like pulling out the 360 and loading up four, or the, the PS5. Like, what if I go back and I do the whole collection deal, but I play them in order and kind of relive the whole series again from, from scratch? And I thought that would, sounded like fun. So I went back, I started playing GTA 3. I started playing that this week. I'm on... I don't remember where the progression of the game really goes. I know I'm in the third act at this point. Because I've got all the islands unlocked. And, well, the reason I'm progressing so fast, I realized, is because what I'm actually doing is playing the game. Because you remember when these games came out, how much time did you spend just messing around where you would... 
use the cheat codes, get the rocket launcher, piss off the cops, run around, like... Buy, like, a spot and be like, oh, right next to the hospital, there's, like, this weird little ramp you can walk up to. And it's, like, the perfect place to fight cops for about ten minutes before you eventually die. Right. So I've been doing a lot of that. Um, also, I do remember one of the things I was I was really bad at with some of these old games was I did rely kind of heavily on the cheat codes a little bit. And I'll admit that. And... I stopped doing that after Vice. When I did San Andreas, I played San Andreas legit the whole way through. So I was like, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna try this one without the weapons and the and the cheat codes and get your wanted level down and all this other stuff." Like I'm just gonna play the game and use my actual skill to do it. And what I've noticed about GTA Three, going back and replaying it after seeing how far we've come, first thing I noticed is. A, the game actually looks primitive now. <laughs> when you think about all the graphics, achievements, and everything. It, I mean, it looks like a PS2 game. Uh, I realized how painfully small the map is. Remember, like, when you first play those games, the map seems like it's the biggest thing ever, and it's... You're like, oh, I'm, I'm lost. I, I don't know where I'm going. And then you, you play... Now you play it, and you're just like, well, damn... This is I'm already there. <laughs> I'm already where I need to be. Now you look at it, and then you look at Breath of the Wild map, and you're just like, this is shit. Yeah. Oh, I played a little bit of Breath of the Wild yesterday. Uh, shit's crazy. Well, Cody Rhodes says Ocarina of Time is the best Zelda game, but Steve Austin shot him down and said, nope, Breath of the Wild. And he goes, that's a bold choice. But as Dan said, he doesn't believe Steve Austin plays ever played a Zelda game. I, I doubt it. Here's the one I love Breath of the Wild, and if it didn't have the weapons breaking system, I would agree. I I just fucking hate that weapons breaking system. Uh, I it's it. annoying. It's it's annoying. I'm going to kick your ass. Oh no, my massive like high level sword just broke. What else do I got? I got this twig. Guess I could try to fight him with a twig. Or I have nothing. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't even know what I'm doing in that game. That was me for several Zelda games. That's me for several games in general, actually. What am I even doing? Sometimes I just don't know what I'm doing. I understand the overall story, but what am I doing right now? So, I'm looking forward to playing a little more GTA 3. Now, I, I, I want to throw this out there, because I've had this conversation with a couple of people, and I remember somebody telling me that they liked these older games better because they enjoyed the story better than what 4 and 5 had to offer. And as an overall arcing thing, maybe I can agree with that, but here's the thing, going back and playing GTA 3, and maybe GTA 3 doesn't factor into it, the story actually makes no goddamn sense. It's literally like, okay, we got busted out of prison, okay, here's a guy, he's got some work for you. And you just keep working for different people who then just keep betraying each other, and you just keep going along with it. So it's just like, there really isn't that much of a story going on here. 
Like, okay, Vice City had had a story, and San Andreas had a story that definitely did better. So I'm assuming that 3 is not factored into that conversation, because it really... I think 3 was more of, like, the experimental game in the series. Like, it's figuring itself out. Here's a whole new genre that we're inventing. So we're going to focus on that, and we're going to give you a story. It's not going to be a super in-depth story. It's just going to be kind of gang warfare, and you kind of just go with whoever's paying you. And I think some of that has to do with the silent protagonist. There is no dialogue during missions. Like, you basically just pick up somebody in a car, and you start driving. Like, you know how in the other games you're driving, there's dialogue while you're getting to where you're going to kind of make it less boring? And even if the radio's you... playing. Well, well yeah. Those ones where they talk and you're like, you're there and there's still like three minutes of a conversation to happen. Yeah. You have to just cut the conversation off. It makes me wonder how much dialogue I've missed out on games by doing stuff like that. I only just realized that the mission where you fly to North Yankton in GTA five, which is one of my favorite missions in the game. Cause you get out of San Andreas. I always suck that you couldn't explore up there. Like, you, you take one wrong turn and they immediately fail, you, fail the mission on you. But I never realized you could switch to Trevor and get more dialogue. I thought you were stuck playing as Michael chasing Trevor. But I was watching a video on that mission and I saw the person actually switched over to Trevor and there's a whole dialogue that goes on. As he's, like, furiously driving to the airport himself. Like, well, son of a bitch, how did I never, ever know that? You never tried. That's exactly it. I never tried because I never <laughs> realized I could do it. So There's a lot of things that I you just like don't realize in some of these games. But um But yeah, so so a couple other feedback I have from GTA 3 going back and replaying it. I feel like it's actually a lot harder. It's easier, but it's harder. It's easier because the missions aren't as in-depth half the time, but it's harder because of the the ancient game mechanics. So, like, you know, certain stuff you can't do. You can't climb. You can't run and aim with most of the guns. Um, or some of the other things I was thinking about. Like, the physics are just are, are kind of broken. Like, the cops are just flying all over the place and ramming you. There's no strategy to what they're doing. They, they appear out of nowhere. Like, you can't really run and hide. You know how in, like, the later games you could actually hide from the cops somewhere? Like, obviously you can't do that here. They just hone in on you. So do gang members. They just hone in on you. So, in some cases it makes it easy. Because, like, in the one mission you have to lure a bunch, of, uh, a bunch of cartel members back to where the Yakuza are waiting for them. And all you have to do is outrun them. And if you can outrun them, they're going to come right to the spot where you are. And then you just let the other guys handle them. But... In a later game, you'd, they, you'd be like, oh, they lost you. You have to track them down again. Like, that kind of stuff. So, it, it's interesting, but it's also difficult in some aspects. And I know that it, the, the big thing that's a killer is, of course, the fact that you can't swim in these games. So, like, the second you go off course and your car falls in the water, you just die. And that's the end of it. At least in the other games, you kind of have a chance. You can get out and swim and at least try to get to safety. Try to restart the mission. But... And I also kind of forgot, because I've been so used to playing with the five-star wanted level, I forgot these older games had a six-star wanted level. Where it went from, like, the police are after you, 
With two, the police are really trying to get you. With three, they bring in the chopper. With four, they bring in the SWAT team. Five, they bring in the FBI. And with six, they bring in the whole military. Yeah. And you got tanks coming after you. So yeah, it really, depending on what the mission is, it could either be, it's one of those things where it's either like, this is too easy because of the game's broken mechanics, or it's too difficult because they already improved on this stuff in later games and you're used to that now. So it's it's kind of a it's kind of a take and go thing. But like I said, I have been enjoying what I've been playing and it is fun to go back and revisit it. Uh it it's it's hard to revisit something that old with all the changes that have gone on, but still having fun. And once I successfully beat the game, I'm going to move on to Vice City. And once I successfully beat that, I'm going to move on to San Andreas. And possibly back to 4, although I'll have to hook up the 360 for that, unless 4 didn't come out for anything else, right? No. Nope. Like, it's not like I can get it on the PC, can I? I mean, probably, actually. In the Steam store, maybe? So... Yeah. yeah, complete complete edition on Steam. Oh, okay, that's cool. So like it's the, the DLCs with it too. I'll consider that. The DLCs never really like. Oh, really, I like them. Which ones were the DLCs with four? Ballad of Gay Tony and the Lost in the Damned. That's right. It is currently because it's currently a sale season. Five ninety nine for complete edition GTA Four on Steam. Not bad. 70% off. Yeah, that definitely sounds like it would be worth it, so. Alrighty. I'll definitely consider that. But yeah, that's been my uh, my going back and playing old GTAs. And I log on, I do my Animal Crossing dailies, like I always do. And then it's off to Liberty City. So, yeah. Cool. Uh, we really don't have a lot to talk about this week, do we? Well. I mean, I mean, I guess we can just go ahead and wrap it up then, because we got, we got a 90s retrospect series coming up here. We're going to take a look back. At oh, it. yeah. We're starting next week with 1990, huh? Yep. So... We can go ahead and, and make this a shorter episode. Um, entertainment challenge, guys. Uh, I'm trying to keep it a little bit less in because of the, the creative slump that I've been feeling coming up with games and the fact that when we do get something more complicated, people aren't really participating that much in it. And we, we, we keep doing good and then we keep regressing and I want to do better with that. But I'll tell you what, I'll, I know you guys want more out of the show and everything, Um I do need a favor, though, as far as the t-shirt shop goes. I'm not going to order anybody to, to buy a t-shirt because that's, you know, that's unreasonable. However, if you could please just share the t-shirt shop on your socials, that would help me out a lot. Maybe somebody will see something that they'll be interested in buying. If I can even sell 10 t-shirts a week, like, that would make a big difference for me. So, and if I feel like that people just aren't interested in the simple text designs, which is fine. I'll work on some more complicated designs for them. 
because uh, I do have a ton of slogans I'm working on. But please share the shot. I'm going to put the link in the description of the episode. Please share the link. A bunch of my friends have been doing it, and I really want to thank them. The support system has been great for that. Uh, but I really need to keep this stuff afloat, and the t-shirt shop is going to help me out a lot with that. So please, please, please assist me. I appreciate it, just like I appreciate all of you. And real quick shout out here to a mutual friend of ours. Our friend Miranda is kicking ass over in flight school, Eric. I don't know if you've seen any of that. I did. I saw the I saw the picture of her on the plane. Yeah, she got her private pilot certificate. So which, happy. I know. She is doing awesome. And I know I know she's a listener. I don't know if she's listened recently because I don't know if like God, I hope she's not flying the plane and trying to listen to you and me at the same time, because that would be... Oh, God. Like, I would not advise that. <laughs> Please I, I don't feel like do it. We should go on a plane ride together. <laughs> but, but keep us far away from the controls. I almost wonder if uh, she would actually let that happen. I'd be like, Chris and Eric on a plane with, with me? No. <laughs> Like that, that there, there are lists of things that will not be happening, and that will be the top of it. Man, that has to be really expensive to like get your pilot li- uh, license. I can't imagine it being like, oh, stop sign means stop. <laughs> Pay twenty bucks and then bam, you know. There ain't no stop signs up there, Eric. Oh, <laughs> there are. They're called mountains. Fucking hell, dude. <laughs> Oh my god, alright. So yeah, best of luck to her. And to everybody else out there, uh, all of our wonderful friends, you guys are awesome. We appreciate the support and everything. Keep supporting the channel, keep supporting us. And, oh, one last thing I do need to mention. I'm I'm completely gonna regret if I don't mention this this week. Uh, and I'm gonna make this so everybody can understand what, what happened here. So, my all-time favorite wrestler, you hear me say her name in the beginning of the show. I have a crush on Sasha Banks. That's a joke. Uh, She actually walked out of the WWE this week because the decision they were making for her was just so bad. And she went to try to to get them to change their minds and they wouldn't do it. So her and her tag team partner just flat out walked out. Uh, I'm just going to go on record and say that I stand with Sasha and Naomi. And I know people are going to say, you're just saying that because you're a fan of hers. Actually, no. If you look at all the facts of the case... I do stand with her because several people have walked out of that company for just crappy decisions that are being made that they're not happy with. And I applaud people for doing that because I have more than once walked out of a job because it was not good. And I've walked out of some situations that because they were not good for me and it, it's applaudable because it takes, it takes bravery. It takes, it takes balls, pretty much. Um, so, like, if you're in, if you're in that kind of a situation and you need to walk from it, like, do yourself a favor and walk. Like, yeah, it, w- it would be smart to have a backup plan and everything, especially in a job situation. But if it's making you miserable, like, just get out of the situation. You got do what do what's right for you, and that's a life lesson that I've been kind of taking to heart this week. Um, going through kind of a rough periods and my support system has basically been telling me like, do what you got to do, do what's right for you. 
Don't worry about what other people are thinking right now. And I've been doing that. And I've feeling pretty good. So, yeah, I, I applaud them for standing up for their moral beliefs. And I, and I love the arguments where people are like, well, when your boss tells you to do something, you're supposed to do it. That's part of the job. It's like, well, yeah, if, if part of your job is what you're supposed to do and you're not actually doing your job, then, yeah, I can understand taking the, the company side on that. But this is a, kind of a different situation. This is a company telling you to do something that you really don't want to do or are not comfortable with doing and doesn't make sense to you, and you're standing up for yourself, like... Well, what did they ask her to do? So I'll try to explain this so everybody can kind of understand. So basically, her and her tag team partner were going to be involved in a match that would involve six girls. Uh, her tag partner, Naomi, was actually going to pin her in the match. And then they were both going to go on to face their respective women's champions on Raw and SmackDown. And they were both going to lose to them. And they've been tag team champions since WrestleMania, and they haven't done anything with the belts. They haven't done any storylines with them. They haven't launched any programs. They're basically using them as stepping stones for the other girls. And they're like, that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense in the in the world of wrestling in the to for a tag team partner to pin the other one and even hate the other one. Like, none of this stuff makes sense. And when they went in, so... According to sources close to them, they went in, had a meeting, and things seemed to go okay. But then, apparently, like, nothing was going to transpire from it. And when they went back to try to voice their concerns again, they got screamed at. They were told to fix their attitudes. And I've heard that come from different sources, that that's just an attitude that goes on in that company. And you hear about it all the time when people leave the company. They start talking about how they were treated there. And it's not really, like, a new thing or any kind of groundbreaking news. Like, some people have just been treated like crap there, and they decide, nope, I'm not letting you do that to me anymore, and they're done. So, again, I applaud them for standing up for their, for, yeah, for basically what their uh, their morals were here. And I know there's a lot of people who are going to be detractors for them. I know there's, like, a big thing online. There's a lot of people who just want to hate on Sasha Banks. And they want to believe all the stories they've heard about her. Like, I've there's been all kinds of stories about her being, like, this self-entitled bitch. And then people around her will debunk the story and they'll be like, uh, she's never said that. She's never acted like that. I don't know where you're getting that information from. But you know how it is. If you... I'll use I'll use a perfect example everyone can relate to the Johnny Depp trial. If you've taken a side in that trial, if you've if like let's say you're you're one of the people who is on Amber Heard's side and they are out there because I've I've started seeing them come out a little bit, then you're going to find every reason to believe her story and every reason to to go against his, right? Cuz that's what you yeah. want it to be. Kind of like the it's it's I'm not going to get into specifics of politics here, but it's the same thing with every political debate. You're going to follow the person you want to be right, and you're going to believe everything they say about the person you want to be wrong. And it doesn't matter if the other if the sides are flipped, you're not going to believe it. It's just how people are. They They have their minds made up about something, and you can't change them. So she's going to go on living her best life. She probably opened up some more doors to be in The Mandalorian again. <laughs> Because our schedules just got a lot lighter. But, like, yeah, that's what's going to happen. Like, 
You don't yeah. think she's going to try to go to a different company? Uh, I don't know the other ones. I'm not. Well, well, she's not. She's still t- under contract. They, the only way she's going to do that is if her contract expires and they don't renew it or they let her out of it. And this is one thing I actually will side with the company on. Do not let them out of their contract because then you're going to set a precedence. Oh, hey, if you're unhappy, you can just up and leave. Like, you don't want to set that kind of a precedent. So, but it's another one of those cases where a majority of the fans and a majority of the people are on the girl's side and not the company side. So, it all boils down to how you want to take the information that you're given. But like I said, I side with her. I side with both of them. And I know she's going to be just fine without that company. Honestly, to me, it's their loss because they don't have that many good, talented women's wrestlers left. They were doing really well for a while. And then they just started losing them in mass. So, it is what it is. And Stephanie McMahon is taking a leave of absence. That one actually surprised me because she's been super dedicated to that company. But uh, leave of absences are good, too. And apparently Nick Khan's going to take up all of her spots, so the guy who's been fighting everybody is now the head of creative. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Gotta love that. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, I hope you all have a wonderful remainder of your weekend, depending on when you're listening to this. Uh, have a good week. Stay cool, because it's getting really freaking hot again. I know it's disgustingly hot in... Pennsylvania. I know it's only going to last until tomorrow. Apparently it was hotter there yesterday than here because I saw Chris McGinnis say it was 94 or whatever his place. We've only barely passed 90 the last few days. So, Yeah, no, we're having that, that hot streak. In, but fortunately the severe storms will bring the cold streak in, which is why the severe storms are happening. Yeah, we have, it says we're going to have a two-day cooldown. So we're like going to not even get I think one of the days we're not even going to get above 72. That's fine. Give me the, just so. give me the cool down. Yeah. It's not even Memorial Day down. yet. That's next weekend. I know. Three-day weekend coming up here. So <laughs> so look forward to that. Um, but yeah, uh, as far as the nerd stuff goes, um, I've got a, I, I talked about this in the Nerd Table group, but I am going to launch a... Uh, I'm going to try to do a YouTube breakdown show where I break down episodes of TV shows. I'm going to start with The Simpsons, of course, and I asked everybody to come up with something simple for me to review as like a little test pilot so I can experiment with the the formula that I want to work with. And the only person who commented was Brian Leon, who wants me to review the first episode of Metalocalypse. And as, as familiar as I am with the concept of the show, I've never actually seen it. So you guys are going to get a first-time reaction episode which will be a lot of fun for you. William and, and, I, and then I just have to find a video editor to actually edit this stuff on. Nothing complicated, but I can't find any good free ones. I tried that one that you recommended to me, that Da Vinci one, and that one was just too buggy, and it wasn't letting me do what I needed it to do. So, was it, what were you trying to get it to do? Uh, it wouldn't let me upload any any music to edit music into it. Like I couldn't get any files to upload. And I think it was because I had a cheap version of it. 
Um, I'm using OpenShot Video Editor, which is kind of buggy too and annoying, but it's getting the job done. It's just a slow, annoying editing process, but it's doing what I want it to do. Just it, like video Tell editing. Us another one. Well, if you figure Where's it out, tell me. Yeah. And if you guys got any anything else for me, y'all know. Y'all know how to reach me. But yeah, uh, it has been a fun, fun day. And it's hot. I'm tired. I'm hungry. Let's wrap hungry. this one up. Any final words, Eric? Be excellent to one another. Yeah, that's right. We'll see you guys next week for another edition of The Nerd Table. This has been another episode of The Nerd Table on CKCC Radio. Check out all the shows at ckccradio.com and make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode.